0: do of do partners! I'm Mr. Juice. And I'm the new CEO of the Tactical Crouch Podcast. As you know, the Tactical Crouch Podcast is the premier overwatch podcast in all the land. Even if our hosts aren't plat. They're worse. Now, you may be asking yourself, what does a podcast need a CEO for? And to that I say, shut your mouth, kid. Now, we have some amazing hosts for our show still. We have the knowledgeable of everything technical, kick tripod.
1: What, we, what
2: you do is you take the, you create the mix and you put it in a waffle maker and it's called a uh-huh. chocolate. And then you just like yeah. put like bacon, eggs, sausage. It feels like something that should like go on the, the midnight menu at KFC.
0: We've got the juice dispenser himself, Yiska.
3: Here's here's the problem. TCP? has the magical powers of having news dropped sort of shortly before we go live, right? Either the day before or the hour before. Just, so we necessarily, we are in a position where our takes are half-baked, right? Like,
0: and then, rounding it off, we've got the big brain of Overwatch himself, Volmail This match. Please everybody
1: me. but me, everybody but me, everybody but me, it's everybody but me, God. Please forsake me, strike me down with <laughs> heavenly fury.
0: Oh, looks like Balmo's actually calling me right now on my cellular device. Let's go ahead and pick it up and see what he has to say.
1: Hello. Hey, Mr. Juice, right? Uh, Kick Tripod gave me a number and said to call yes, you if this I is, needed this is anything.
0: He? Can I help you with anything?
1: Well, you see, I'm gonna need more plaid shirts. Oh,
0: well, I, I don't see why not.
1: And some plaid sheets, pillows, and blankets for my bed behind me in the shot.
0: Uh, all right, don't you think that's a little, uh, too much?
1: I'm also gonna need somebody to come to my house and, and paint all these ugly walls, plaid. Do you know anybody who would get me Irish or Scottish citizen? I think I'll
0: call them. Now, where were we? Oh, yes, Tactical Crouch Podcast. Now, for those of you who have been fans for a long time, you know that the Tactical Crouch Podcast has a premier lineup of guests that they bring onto the show, like Overwatch League General Manager Nuki for the one in Spitfire.
3: Trust the process is a thing that we
0: say in Cloud9, so go for it. Trust the process. Or you have Overwatch League Caster Avril.
2: Thank you very much. That's high praise. You just ended it at
0: Caster. I'm like, whoa, damn, that's... I don't know if I can live up to that. Thank you very much. Glad to be back on the show. Um, You know, it's... I'm, I'm always happy to come on talk about Overwatch and whatever you guys want. Overwatch Contenders NA and EU, Caster Trid.
1: Hi, thanks for the intro. I, I'm not really a guy who usually has a plan, so you've already led to your audience, but thank you for the introduction nonetheless.
0: <laughs> and rounded and all out, you've got Overwatch League Analyst reinforce
1: something to
3: admit like your your intro song like actively haunts me in my everyday oh. life.
0: now that's a star studded lineup if i've ever seen one and it brightens up the show like the sun brightens up my 1995 chevrolet on a hot summer day in texas but mr juice i hear you ask through your mouth full of chicken tendies what do the real fans think of the tactical crouch podcast well Don't take my word for it as the CEO. Why don't you hear from one of our real fans who sent in this message earlier today?
1: I love Tactical Crouch. It's my favorite Overwatch podcast, and you should watch it too.
0: (laughs) Alright, did they do it? Good, good. You can untie his family right now. Yeah, yeah, just make sure that they know that if they go squealing to the cops, there will be some consequences, and you will be replaying them a visit. Got it? All right, dude. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, sorry, sorry about that. See, uh, everyone everyone loves the Tactical Crouch podcast, and you can too. All you got to do is you got to hit that subscribe button on the YouTube, hit that little bell, and follow us on Twitter. That way, you'll be always in the know of when Tactical Crouch will be going live and giving you that sweet, sweet Overwatch juice.
2: <laughs> hey everybody, welcome to episode
3: What a way wow. to go, Kenobi. Wow. What a guy, man. What, what a, a guy. guy. Who's just been blessed with like great content of the people that we regularly have. Probably do. Really do this. This Probably is this goes that. directly into the hall of fame next to Barois, like little dance and stuff. It's, Easily, it's already law. It's already law. Yeah,
2: it's good. Anyways, yeah. So, um, if you want to support the show, we now have to pay a CEO salary. So, uh, Patreon, <laughs> that <we> that. <laughs> Patreon.com/slash/tacticalcrouch. That's where you can go. Hey, chat. How you doing? Man, I laughed so hard. I was when I no joke, when I when I got the video for it, I was actually driving on the way to a funeral. (laughs) I was watching it. I had my airpods on, and I was just I was laughing.
1: That's good. So Mm.
2: hard. So good therapy on that day. Mm. Absolutely. Uh, but hey everybody, uh, welcome to episode 172 of Tactical Crouch. Good to see you, Kick Tripod, Yiska Valmel, the crew. We're all here. Um, before we get started, uh, just a big thank you to our patron producers: Refine Bean, Fredino, Battlecrab, Crab, Lotion, Rex Zane, Sir Girthalot, Porkchop, Sammy, Kasha sixty Sarah, uh, Kasha sixty seven, Shara, Nathan, Your Misery, Fabled Steven, Roger B, Chris R three four 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 four, Bronzebot, Boo How, and Hotel Bravo one Thanks so much for supporting the show. If you want to support the show. Uh, help pay uh CEO Juice's salary. Go to patreoncom tactical crouch. We appreciate it. Uh, Drink
3: well, the juice out of a mug. I wish he had, I told him he should have spilled it.
2: I wish he had the uh your big pitcher. He like threw the big bread oh, like
1: a pitcher. Yeah,
3: I mean, that's acceptable. No, it's I not. I guess we all, a little, I mean, you know what's also not acceptable? Eating string cheese square. That's also not acceptable. Nobody it is if you're older like than
2: that. nine.
3: Just saying. Yeah, someone juve- banished this man from food. You're, you're just banned from fruit. It's a juvenile. Food. Not fruit. Fruit? Cheese is, cheese is not fruit? a fruit. No.
2: Uh, is it maybe
3: it for? is in America. I don't know. Like pizza is also a
1: vegetable, right? Hey, so
2: Cheese is one of the biggest parts of a food pyramid.
1: Right next to lace, potato chips, and Snickers candy bars. Yep. There you go. As much bread.
2: Go. The bread is the foundation of the pyramid.
1: True. Bread right. pasta. Carbohydrates. Carbohydrates in general.
2: Which yep. I learned I, I can't remember what the uh what the trivia on this was, but it was something like the Department of Agriculture put together the food uh pyramid idea. Mm-hmm. Oh really? So like that's why it is
1: So you're telling me to look into it. Maybe
2: slightly skewed uh, towards certain foods. More than slightly. Mm. Um, Makes sense. Yeah. Anyways, we've got a lot to talk about today, and there's a lot that you guys need to bring me up uh, to speed on. I haven't gotten to watch very many of the games because, obviously. uh, But a lot of really interesting results over the weekend. Uh, Before we do, though, uh, we had a little birthday in the house yesterday. Oh, God. Happy birthday, Yiska. 44 years old.
3: <laughs> doesn't look a day over 18. Yeah, no, I do. But, yeah, no, I, I don't feel like, you know, I, I turned 34. It doesn't really matter. The only thing that's when someone asks you, you know, how old are you? And you go, I'm in my early 30s. That's a lie. That's now a lie. We can all agree, 34 is not in... It is mid-30s That's That's the difference. Everything else in between, I think, like, 40 will be, like, rough once again. Until then, I'm chilling. I already got the knock-on effect of 30, which is basically like you wake up in the morning when you turn 30 and all your, like, bones just, like, turn brittle and you're suffering from osteoporosis almost immediately. But after that, after, like, those nerve ends die... You can actually quite enjoy your thirties. So also I saw something really depressing on my birthday. I'm scrolling down my Twitter feed. I, it, it was just my birthday. I look at, and there's this, this uh, science, right? I follow and there's apparently like, you know how the happiness curve used to be like, like people were happy in their twenties. Then it would go down because like having children is stressful and then it would go up towards the sixties again. Mm-hmm. Uh, reproducibility crisis you're never going to be more happy than in your 20s so enjoy your uh, time chat oh my 20s sucks, than
2: so I'm screwed <laughs> well it, you it's know there's, there's always some variance saying. It's actually it's all downhill from the bottom of the hill I'm digging right. a hole is what you're saying
3: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, 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 just like enjoy yourselves in your it's 20s totally. guys it only happened once or you could just enjoy yourself all the time
1: not hedonistically,
3: just
4: general. True.
1: True. <laughs> I don't conform to your means of production and whatever. Yeah. I can't think of other big words.
4: Just
2: be happy. It's so easy, guys. Why don't just be happy all the time.
1: Yeah. You ever tried working out?
2: Why do you choose to be sad? <laughs> I'm being very sarcastic right now. So I, just, I, I want to make sure that nobody thinks that I actually believe that. Just. Yeah. Because I know someone will be like, that's really insensitive. Some people can't control. Like, I know. I know. Anyways. But try, to, but try to be happy when you can.
1: Do you actively remember how old you are? Is that something you can just like tell somebody? You're like, oh, how old are you? You're like, oh, yeah, I'm yeah. 34. Really? Wait. Oh, my God. I definitely don't.
3: Wait, John, I'm am so- I weird for this? No, I don't think it you're weird. No, I just there's no way that that remembering how old you are is weird.
1: Can no, we it's please switch, bro, Joe, in in chat? Yes, I'm I'm probably in champ, the minority here, but I, I like actively do not keep it on hand.
2: I up until about two years ago, I think I did. Mm. I think once I hit like 29, I was like, I'm almost 30, and then once I hit 30, I definitely stopped remembering. That just sounded really weird coming out of my mouth, actually. Mm. Yeah. I might actually need to take the rest of the show off. I don't think I was ready to, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. ready to say that. <laughs> but anyways, yeah. happy happy belated birthday. Thank Iska. you. Um, yeah, we've got a few things uh, to talk about before we get into kind of all the stuff that we normally get into.
3: Do you want me to give you the elevator explanation of what happened in the last week?
1: Yeah, I have some questions for somebody who is... I mean, it's really short. It's basically Scrim baby! Woo! Yeah, see, that's, that's what it. I was going to ask. Is like, looking at the results, do you feel like the Scrim Bucks that you were sold are inaccurate um, and, accurate and uh, well, tradable at know, most currency you miss, exchanges?
3: You miss your hits. <laughs> but <laughs> I think eventually, like, I feel good about uh, Gladiant punching back. I feel g- semi-good about um, Rain g- coming back. Um Definitely. The rest, I told you guys uh, Happy was nuts. Happy is nuts. Happy I told you nuts. guys that Piggy's Sigma is I- incredible. Piggy Sigma is incredible. I think that's I told you. Houston was good. Houston is good. I told you the He's Chengdu back. zone is back. The Chengdu zone is back. The one thing that I couldn't anticipate is how quickly Philly uh, improved. Mm. Like That one completely out of left field, And the fact that they are this good at this time is insane. And I think the only destabilizing effect that this team could realistically suffer from this year is once you trickle in the new members and they want to play and you Mm -hmm. want to incorporate them. But Jesus Christ, they're so quick and like, 9k, come on dude. Like, uh, am I the only one that perceives this to be the, the Krusty's Disciple arc of the Overwatch League narrative? Like, you're telling me that 9K travels out to his, already is really good last season, then, like, brings it to APAC, is now really good once again. Also, keep in mind, go back to the technical crouches back in the day. I told you this, this guy is the, is the closest thing we have to Krusty. And then the other best team on the other side of the planet is Houston. Who are they coached by again? Ah, two disciples of Krusty. So I don't know what you say, you guys,
4: but like this is the arc. This is the narrative. Yeah. That's true, true. That'll beat the master.
1: <laughs> uh. Do you want to do like a lightning recap of week one? I want I Just want to you. you.
2: I want to see why this thing isn't working. And then I do.
3: Okay, okay.
1: sweet. Then
3: I guess like a lot of teams played within... I think Dallas was better than expected uh, by a bit, even though I think oh, it's... Oh, yeah, I'd say by a long shot.
2: Let's go, let's go for a second. Before we even talk uh, about results, because I, I want to go and I'd spend a little time and ask some questions Okay. as you get me caught up. But can we just talk about what's going on with Hangzhou right now?
1: Yeah, we let, Yeah, the news is definitely uh, worth talking about because if is going to toot his own horn, I think this is another one where he probably needs to. Uh, the spark imploding already.
3: Oh, uh, I mean, you know, should we talk about this? Should we talk about how I called that from a mile away once again? Sure. Okay. So did we do this on the show? I, I can't, I honestly can't re- recall because we, we did this before we started our power rankings. We had the, the crouchies, right? Yeah. And we had one of the awards where we said first coach to be fired. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think we came to the consensus that that would have been to mean. I said there's exactly one answer. Exactly one. Uh-huh. You can scroll up in your chatty chat. Scroll up, scroll up. Actually, I'm, I'm going to do it right now. Slash. Ah, uh, no. Shit. I actually told that to you guys in voice. Oh, well, I. That, okay, now I'm at the whims of. This guy, these guys' memory. No, he of did me... He
2: definitely yeah. said nothing okay. about that. He said Krusty no, probably gone first. <laughs> and not, it's, not okay,
3: good. let me be really, uh, really clear here. It is not simply because of the ability that I think Pageon has as a coach. But yeah. if you have that much budget, do this badly in scrims in the preseason, and then not deliver there, have a completely disjointed um ident- team identity identity mm-hmm. you have situations where like i think there was a breaking point between the takoyaki and gushure thing is what what is okay it i probably like shouldn't it. talk about this because it's it's i don't know this right but it's like something that uh, leaked so um yeah i, I don't know that this to- this team with the roster that they have you just look at their starters they should be top 3 in APAC no questions asked yeah, but they aren't. They're one of the worst teams in APEC, so I that's so. unacceptable at this point
1: for sure. Yep. Yeah, this is a team that's that's uh, already at the behest of you know some some issues. It's it's a team that we you know I think everybody accurately you know pegged as a team that you know is good but has a, a difficult time coming together. And if the the organization is as difficult as it seems they might be um then yeah this was this might have been doomed from the start however if they were going to make changes i'm glad they're doing it now um now they're probably washed out of may um they still have three more tournaments and two hero pool you know dives that they can kind of um get lucky or or you know excel with um, I think that can definitely bolster confidence um, and, and, you know, see them return or at least, you know, show some sort of good games. Um, but, yeah, it's it's not a good look for for the Hangzhou spark uh, this early on. No. No.
4: Yeah.
2: Well, nuts.
3: Oh, <laughs> no, why? Please get off get, uh, please leave me alone with this topic yeah i'm kind of over it like, the whole. but we i mean
2: i think we all had them like six <laughs> in the region right like the expectations were relatively low to begin I with i
3: think i was the highest because of because on. of scrim, pre-se- uh, scrim preseason bucks but yeah. just quickly because zp doesn't chime in into our chat that often uh he just said special hello this is the special stream division unit Unit, we're shutting down this channel because we have been informed that it's not esports certified. Please obtain a certification before streaming again. Thank you. Um, Jesus Christ, that topic. Ah, yeah, that, that deserves its own show. Okay, um, well, it's.
4: I have opinions.
2: It's there now, though, so it's true. We're gonna have to talk about it. Um.
1: Oh you want to give a quick one?
2: So yeah, so here's here's the the brief the, the brief yes, uh by the way, Joe, you had them at fourth.
1: Yeah, I had I had started Yeah. All
2: right. So this past week, um oh, what's the name of it? Uh Esports Certification Institute? Sounds like that, yeah. Uh, yeah. Was launched with uh, with a with a board of um, some names that I honestly wasn't super familiar with, but I believe that they're relatively. Uh, I don't know. I, outside of communications, I think I saw a couple of people like outside of communications. The board isn't actually bad. Uh, Day nine yep. is on the board there uh, as yep. well. Uh, but essentially, big th- people. Yeah, um, they're selling an esports certification for like uh, 400 or $300, like you can get it on sale <laughs> or something like that. Uh, so you can get a certification, a certificate, put it on your resume and then boom, your eSports certified. And it has uh, made for some really great social media the past 36 hours. I will say that I've had a lot yeah. of laughs. Uh, mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of, uh, I think half-baked takes on both sides <laughs> of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know the co- it's really weird coming from like uh an industry where certifications are honestly more valuable than sure um diplomas like the the idea of a of a certification is is not inherently on its face bad but like gaming it to me gaming in esports is is so like empty establishment that it just kind of feels really weird uh, yeah, to have a it certification is. for that. It's like,
4: you yeah. know,
2: it's you know, you, th- gaming was one of the first um, and arguably only markets to have dudes walk up in t-shirts and beards and long hair and ponytails mm-hmm. and tattoos and talk about gaming and talk about you know and esports. I think just as much so. And now we're you know kind of creating a certification from it. Um yeah yeah zp so you far. zp you created this but the <laughs> uh there, there, like... there goes our 75 minute runtime by the way
1: oh yeah yeah it feels like the test wasn't like either taken or like run by the board like i respect enough people on that board and and mm. their their minds yeah. for things that it doesn't feel like they were necessarily consulted past hey do you think this is a good idea and then that was it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't know that many people would have wanted their names on this, especially with, like, how general it is. Like, it's it's this this feels like saying, hey, you want to get, like, science certified? Doesn't, you know, we're we're going to kind of just throw you some, like, general and, like, all, all across the board things. But now you're science certified. It doesn't really matter about what science you're interested in, but you're, like, science certified now. So that's cool. Like, you can be a meteorologist. You can study rocks. You can pour some stuff together in a beaker. Yeah, you're certified for that now. Go ahead. Go do it. It's like, that's not how this works. And you know that. So like, what is this? It feels like a cash grab to me. It it doesn't feel like a cash grab. It feels like maybe somebody there had like a good intention, but then it was kind of derailed and hijacked and just kind of like expedited along to be this like weird. I think the discussion is twofold. A,
4: do
1: you
3: think an eSports certification Generally, and okay, do certifications in esports make sense? I would say in certain parts, yes, mm-hmm. because um, it's really hard to uh, to do something in esports if you haven't had the, the time here to understand. Sure. And that if you want to certify that, especially for companies that don't have uh, the endemic um, support yet, in order to figure out. Uh, if someone's endemic or not, then that's so per se. Like I don't dislike that. Now, a general esports certification is a nuts idea, and I don't know how anyone yeah. that was on that board of advisors um, approved of that. Now, I think everyone in esports can look at that th- those questions and say that the execution of this is atrocious.
2: So what? What? Because I I I'm picking up a th- uh, a theme from both of you, and that is mm. that esports, um, like like esports is too science. Like it's it's too broad. Are you saying like you would do a League of Legends esports? Like what is the <laughs> no, 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 what no, no. is the is mm, it by game more or, or is region. it by like, no
1: more specific job. Right. Like if if I want to be certified as a community manager, I'm going to tailor my my, you know, uh, essay and my questions and everything around like community management, things that are at least, you know, adjacent to those skills. Um, If I want a social media manager, if I want a business analyst, if I want to, you know, anything down to like team management. Right. Like I want to ask these questions. To to help. I'm, I'm trying to dodge the word certify, but, you know, assure that this person at least knows what job they're stepping into and what should be expected of them, not just like random general business questions. You know, if I'm eSports certified and I apply to be, you know, the team's janitor, why why does this diploma or certification help me help you? It doesn't. It just shows you that I either looked up how to do some equations and Googled some things like it, it's not tangible, I guess that it's not you know specific enough to like help anybody. It's just four hundred dollars for something that feels very vapid. Yeah. And the, this... the I I think that the
3: the, the certif- certificate price for what it provides and how competent um employers should evaluate this is just not worth it, dude. Like yeah. If anything, I've seen something. more people
1: go the opposite way. It's like, if, you, if you're if you that much of a, a chump that you're going to buy this, then we'll, we might actually look the other way. And I don't know if that's completely a meme.
2: So, and there's, okay, so coming back for a second to look at some certifications um, that are really popular in Silicon mm-hmm. Valley, like program management, really popular sure. certification. Um, what's another one? Uh, some like... Basic coding language, really popular certification, technical support for like, um, a specific operation operating system. Those are usually all around a thousand to $2,000. Agreed. Just to to put, put the price there
1: Mm -hmm. to me though. I feel like, I think, I think the price is a little like, I think it could be warranted if things were a little bit more stable. Um And if it was a little bit more valuable. I mean, like, there, I... there needs to be more volume to this. Like it needs to be a respectable thing that actually
3: provides value to an employer for mm-hmm. you to be checked against. And at that price, it simply doesn't like, and at, at that volume, like the, the cost benefit analysis is just bad. Yeah. And I understand like, if you want to hit that price point, you got to bring more value to it. Like yeah. you, like it needs to have courses and like, Once again, this is scalable for you. You're telling me you don't like the free study guide?
1: Come on, there's a study guide.
3: (laughs) So, but
2: so here, can I can I just give my take on this? I tweeted it out yesterday. Uh, But I think that endemic esports people will not, and for a very long time, will never look at certifications for. um, I agree. As a hiring practice, however. I think that non-endemic esports people looking to get into esports and gaming, that yeah. is actually going to be a oh, very yeah. valuable esports differentiator, or a resume differentiator. Mm-hmm. Um, I could totally see, you know, kind of some of the bigger companies who don't have like esports or you know sections, or even like honestly, even though it's esports specific, this isn't just about like esports. This is understanding the broader competitive gaming lab landscape we use the term esports but honestly anybody in gaming if if you're applying for you know a job at a tech company that you know has maybe a, a laxadaisical gaming industry having esports sure. certification at least on paper has value because those hiring managers are used oh, to no. seeing
4: Yep yeah
2: um certifications number 1 and number two, um, you know, if they don't know what to go off of, at least there's there's some sort of
4: mm-hmm. foundation some, some that they climb. can
2: get. And two people with e you know equal experience, and one person has that esports certification, could find that there. Yep. That it's being also- said, I don't know how big of a thing that actually is.
3: Yeah, and it's it feels sort of gammy and scummy if that's the functionality it's also we have to be fair and I've I noticed I think I I got a whiff a stench of like a general I think this topic doesn't get as big a if if aren't there aren't these endemic people involved and uh, supposedly advising but if there isn't for for esports endemics that have already made their place if there wasn't like an innate just disagreement with the practice of certification esports because esports very much feels like you just like you show up with value you provide value nobody asks your credentials yeah you don't need them this is a very new thing where you to a degree,
2: I mean, you need you need credentials, but it's credentials through experiences, not mm-hmm. papers, yes. not colleges, not yeah certifications. It's yeah. I observed this. I handled HR for this. I you know, and it, you're you're listing your experiences, not how you know the the expensive pieces of paper you bought.
3: Right. Yeah. Yeah, and that I think, like long term, there might be value in that. I don't see it right now. I think esports is re- like job descriptions for the most part, don't even make that much sense in esports. Like yeah, we have four years, fairly. Experience. Yeah. We have fairly small companies where everyone needs to do a little bit more than, uh, oh, what yeah. their job description, uh, describes. You're like, if, if you're working in, in the industry right now, like it, the scale is just not there towards like a specialization, uh, where you can just say okay you're my design guy now and mm-hmm. for some for leagues and whatever that that it's true right mm-hmm. but generally speaking it's a community made of self self-made and don't like don't know what to interpret that i don't even believe in the literal translation of that i don't think that exists i think everyone's a product of their environment but of people that have worked hard have made a lot of sacrifices to make it here and mm-hmm the fee- the the idea that someone wants to weigh up whatever i provided to this industry and wants to certify this and evaluate this just feels wrong and i understand that that's that's a case but i think like long term thinking it isn't an evil one i don't think the people that no. that that are in this company and the advisors just want to make like ridiculous amounts of money out of out of people i think they think of their product as eventually providing value to a customer base. If they can refine the certificate to mean actually mean something that has innate value, they basically created a currency where there's no counterweight for it, other than gullible like VC people coming into esports wanting to say, "Well, well I guess you have an esports certificate on your uh, on your CV." So. Yeah, it's... I don't know. I, I don't see it as inherently evil. I don't see it as inherently stupid. I think the execution very much leaves yeah. a lot to be decided.
2: And there's always like there's always this fight to be the first, right? So, like, right now, it, it, it just gets launched. And if it catches on and it becomes the normal thing, it becomes an important certification. If it doesn't catch on, it becomes a meme, and it doesn't. There's... It's...
4: I it's, do. It's wonder one of those. It, much...
2: it reminds me of like the person. You know how like people can get certified in like Myers Briggs? No. And it's like at some point, yes, people can. And they spend thousands what? of dollars, I think, doing it. Huh. Um, Certifications. And it's actually a tangible Weird. asset in the business world. And I'm not here to like necessarily, I don't know enough about it to like, uh, to, to sh on it specifically. Right, right, right. The, sure, sure, sure. The idea. Of it is that there's this, at one point we decided that Myers-Briggs was a better version of a personality professional work test than the others. It went from, you know, something, you know, it started from people who are relatively reputable in the industry. Mm -hmm. They built it. They got people to buy in for some reason it caught on and now it's a really valuable thing. If you're a people manager or a hiring manager, at least in tech and you don't have certifications and Myers Briggs and there's another kind of really popular one and there's like three or four of them. If you don't have those certifications, the chances of you being hired is, is not that high. Um, It's, it's kind of, it's, it's, you know, it's weird. And it started from my, you know, again, relatively limited, but I did put some intention behind doing some research on it. Um, my understanding is that it basically started as, Hey, this is an interesting way to, you know, think about your personality in the professional workplace and how you work with people. Mm-hmm. And cool. Yeah. Oh, this was helpful for me. This gave me some insight. Okay, cool. Now people get certified in, in, in verifying others' test results.
1: Yeah. That's weird. It's okay. it's, that's, so that's strange. I've never never heard of that. Let's
3: also be honest. A lot of, a lot of people in esports ran away from the, exactly that like, you've been weighed, you've been uh, measured and found wanting type of mm-hmm. uh, mindset, right? Like you, There's a lot of people that just never finished a, their degree and just were hired into like a, a in a, into a position based on just having provided the value at that time ton mm-hmm. of people it, this is like the creatives that have suffered in that it's almost like the the fuel engine of, what, of whatever it is it's really rare to see people with like elite uh, degrees in eSports while we see elite performances all the time oh. like our casting For instance, runs circles like the best casting esports runs circles around the best uh, Formula One cat, like uh, shotcasters or whatnot. Like Sadokei can probably can jump in and be a superstar there almost immediately, right? So and in everything that isn't reputation based. Now, so like it's I I understand that there is a certain skepticism towards the people that made it here, Um, and they don't want to have the measurements. Of regular society, they want to be able to bring whatever value they can in the me- in the way that they can, not to be measured by some stupid test that doesn't evaluate actually evaluate whatever m- their personal contribution as different, as neurotypical, as creative it may be. And this is like this this industry doesn't even make sense from a from a monetary perspective and the reason we we work out is because the ingenuity of the workforce that we have and the willingness to sacrifice honestly like it's it's built on the backs
1: of self-starters and and people that are like akin to startup companies those are the people who you want
2: do you know where i actually think it does make sense financially is again i think i think that we don't totally understand the target customer
1: Yep, right. Uh, so I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I think it is non-endemic.
2: Think think of a, um, a uh, non-endemic talent agency that's looking to get into gaming. Hey, employees, all 15 of you, you're going to get eSports certified over the next four weeks. Here's the certification. Here's the material. And then, hey, Esports Certification Institute, here's $4,000 or whatever,
1: $6,000. I think, like, in that way, I can see some use, or at least, like, getting your foot, like, getting your toes wet in things that, like, may be applicable for, like, people who are, like, brand new. Um, I think maybe then, like, the messaging is off on it. Um, But, yeah, I think in general... It is non-endemic focused. I'd much rather somebody actually create, and I think we have seen these pop up over the last few years, like reputable, reputable consultant agencies. If that makes sense, like I know that the meme, you know, haha, esports consultant is just like some weird CEO that like doesn't really have anything to do with the space. Um, I, I'd I'd take. Industry experts and veterans and and ask their opinions on things. I'd much rather that than, you know, already trying to, in, in many different ways, gatekeep who gets in and who gets out. Um, you know, that's kind of where I, my uh, that's where I jump on the sword.
2: Um, yeah, and well, like, I, I generally like to think, at least at the most aspirational moments... Gaming esports industry is all about inclusion. Um, there's obviously mm-hmm. very much that's not the case in very different types of things, but as far yeah. as experience goes, I don't think it's ever been more true. Um, yeah, no, okay. you know the 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 amount of experience that you need to get into esports is equivalent Zero. to the amount of work you're willing to put into it. Period. Yep.
1: We, I don't it. think we'd all be here if we didn't self-start, you know, John with, you know, Overwatch League Daily, just good writing and doing weird podcasts that I still get pushed into my YouTube algorithm. <laughs> um, yeah. um, I just started, I cold called somebody that I heard on a podcast said they were doing, you know, a, a journalism or whatever, or writing and said they had an opening and I noticed they didn't have an Overwatch section. So I pitched it to them and here I am, you know, it's yeah. on my tiny platform of success it's you just kind of have to do and i think that's what everybody tells you 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 as boring and as general as it is there's no excedrin pill there's no like fast track to success you just have to do things you have
3: to do and maybe this is a mega privileged position but i found like i don't ask people for favors i don't ask people for jobs Mm. in my my life i haven't and this industry is really good at keeping an ear to the ground, whoever is like willing to give and then extend a helping hand. Agreed. And I've always tried to like if you're currently in Chad wanting to do esports journalism and that's your type of thing, like shoot me a DM. I will 100 percent because that is that's the e- esports ethos that I've experienced for
4: the last 15 years. Mm. Same here. Well, it is always
2: open. It's also very much like, um, like a what is it? Uh, oh, gosh, what is it called when you have like a, um, you have like a master and a journeyman? What's that? What's the term?
1: An apprentice. Yeah. Uh... It's, it's
2: almost like, like, esports is kind of filled with a lot of like apprenticeships in the sense, and I think that, we like...
1: need that more than a certification. I want more mentorships than slapping a piece of paper on my resume and saying like look I, I did I did good me smart I agree yeah. look at
2: how important your internship at least for some industries is for college sure. than any yeah. of your actual you know grades or classes that you took it's like oh you interned at this place well they're badass so yeah we're gonna hire you
4: mm-hmm.
2: um and you don't necessarily have that um not at all wait, what? like well, good. yeah well i guess in Play esports later. it's, it's <laughs> yes it is uh unfortunately. unfortunately but you you know in esports there's there's none of the class stuff it's all like yeah i you know yeah i learned casting under avril at broadcast gg before he True. went on to cast an overwatch league here's him as my yeah. reference <laughs> like that's the closest equivalent that we kind of have to that type of professional thing, but there's none of the classes behind it. Um, and that's also been a problem from eSports, especially as far as pr h r and comms goes, um, especially p r and h r um uh, because you know eSports organizations, especially smaller ones, really suck
4: at those. And so um, I don't know yeah.
3: Overwatch podcast.
2: Overwatch podcast. <laughs> Again, <laughs> right. I think
1: I think we could go a long time on that. Yeah, for sure. It is yeah. very interesting to kind of mull over, but
3: I think everyone yeah, I that has fun. been here for a while not only has thoughts about this, but has yeah. emotions about this. Oh, for sure. Uh, it's still a passion industry. It's th- for that reason it's really easy to exploit this. people. And okay. you got to you got to also, make sure that this exploitation isn't happening in your yep. vicinity. Um, I think that's also, you, you sort of see that the reaction that everyone had on Twitter is exactly that circuitry. Because everyone mm. has been taken advantage yeah. of in esports at some point in their life. Definitely I have. It's getting better over the years. Sure. But it's that's so basically yeah. like that learning is that circuitry that we've, that's like a learned process that's firing when we see that and i don't think that was intention from what i could gather from from their uh interaction with the uh, with the fallout of that that wasn't ever their intention they actually like sort of tried to do their homework with a lot of advisors they had dude they had frodan i know that's
1: what's weird jason like andy miller like it doesn't get better than that it looks like a pretty like star studded lineup of board members but like that doesn't match what we've seen yeah if we're to believe and trust some of the the reports that have shown you know i i i I trust yeah as much as i can throw them i i i respect albert i don't think he would just post stuff on twitter and just lie about it um there are other people that i've seen that are just like why why does somebody in like a social media manager position need to know about like business law Yeah, This doesn't make
3: sense. It's it's really important to realize that people come into eSports and they come to you and they tell you not, please give me a salary so I can sustain myself, but also, here's my heart and my passion. Please treat it carefully. And therefore, I'm very vulnerable. You cannot probably underpay me as well. And that shouldn't happen. That's just like, that's the problem here.
2: Anyways, let us know your thoughts on what you think about esports certifications. I can't wait to read the YouTube comments on that one. Um, that'll be fun. <laughs> uh, let's, talk, let's talk a little bit about uh, last week's matches, though, because there's a few things that I want to kind of get caught up on. Uh, we had a few teams debut last week, right. I believe, right? Uh, first one, um, the Paris Eternal going one and one beating... The uh, Vancouver Titans, three to one, and then uh, yeah. losing to the Houston Outlaws, who that's a team we probably need to talk to in a sec, talk about in a second. Um, so t- tell me how Paris did, because I'll be honest, I didn't. The, they're definitely on my short list of people not to watch this week <laughs> when, when I'm trying um, to get caught up on these things. I
1: didn't hate them. Like, I, I think no. they're like, fine. Like, I think they are definitely a team to dodge if, like, you're strapped for time. Um, but in general, I think they're kind of showing the, the strength of Europe, a team that, you know, nobody really expected to do extremely well. And to be fair, they're not doing extremely well. But, they, you know, in terms of form, in terms of, you know, how they're playing, they look OK. Um, do I think they'll make them a melee playoffs? No, of course not. Um, are they going to be upsetting any teams anytime soon? No, of course not um but there there's tangible like skill there i think especially with with khan i i've been very pleased with some of the the things yes. that he's shown um and it has definitely lived up to the hype from some of the, the overwatch contenders casters you know big right. very excited to see him get into the league so he's definitely somebody that we have to keep our eye on that who will continue to perform but the team as a whole it's it's a good start i think again it's a project team it'll only you know, mature and get better as time goes on, and as long as they kind of keep this this um, project going, if that makes sense, like if they if they continue to iterate on it in the future, we're gonna have a competitive Western, you know, team. and let's not under,
3: under uh, value the difficulty of playing on ping for sure. playing from your home. They don't have a team house. These teams, so. It is really challenging for them. Like I mm-hmm. did a post-match interview with Commander X. Like the, let's, let's also call a spade a spade. The advertised like, okay, let me be nuanced here because I think it's, it deserves a nuanced take. If I have my home franchise in London, then and get told your ping, expected ping range is 90 to 110, mm-hmm. and that's playable, then I work with that assumption going from London. Every, every other latency I, I have to eat because my player is in the north of Finland or whatever, right. that's on me. That's my responsibility. The league's responsibility is to make sure that the 90-110 framework can be maintained. And if not, they have to build different systems around this. Very simple. like. If, if that's your advertised thing, people make decisions based on that, right? Mm? It, it's taken into account. Now, if I'm hearing 150 or 140 or whatever, and once again, I would have to go back. I don't take that as fact. Commander X gave me a, a hard number. I think it was 140. Um, I mean, that's not the only report, to be fair. So then, I think it's yes. Good. Then that is a problem. And it's also a problem for uh, Hangzhou, even though yep. I don't know where the problem there is, if it's between their provider and the service, once again, like the league only has to provide a theoretical uh, like within ping range thing, right? If the problem is with your service, then the problem is with the league. If your problem is with the internet provider of the respective company, uh, sorry, sorry, team, or with the respective player's house or whatever, that's on the team, right? Mm-hmm. So, the variance there is sadly really high, and let's call a spade a spade, you, you simply won't block Shackles at 150. You just won't. That's, that's just, it's a different, it's, it's much of a different game then. Right? Yeah. And it's sad. It's really sad. Because like, the entire situation, it serves some purpose, because like, if these, these guys never make it to uh, Hawaii, then there are no logistical difficulties with that as well. But let's let, yeah, like I guess what it, what I'm saying is is everything you see on the server from these two teams needs to be caveated against their respective Agreed. resources. I don't even think it's respective respective these two teams. Position.
1: I think there are specific players in this league. I think I can think of one that I'm very not suspicious of. I think that's a little aggressive, but. Um, I think there are players oh. who are playing on ping for teams in the West that are limited. Oh, look at the baby! Um, <laughs> that that this are limited nice in terms guy. of their hero pool. Like they are unable to play certain heroes because they are playing on ping, and they are limited in what they can do. Yeah. And it looks so
2: small. Sorry, we got a bubble backpack, and he won't get. Oh out my of god.
1: It. He won't get,
2: really oh, he won't just, get out. He it. Him. by himself. He just sits in there like this is his house. Wow! We leave it over. Have open. you taken him
3: to the vet? It's so big, with mm-hmm. it. We oh, just, really? We just
2: walk him. I like he likes to go on walks, so I take him on walks when I take Choji. For no walks. way! That's so nice. Put him so on nice. my backpack, and he just chills. He just loves chilling right here.
3: Wow! Super cute.
4: Wants to be taken on a walk right now. I think. Yeah. Just chilling. That's He's actually really dead. cool. That's super cute.
3: Okay, got the cat Sorry. content algorithm going. <laughs> here we got go. It
1: it's an extra 200 views let's go yeah.
3: I mean I, I already know like all, all you guys in chat like I look at my twitter analytics like everyone who reads my tweets 99.5% of people also look extensively at dog and pi- cat pictures so don't even get me started on like anyone going eh, don't waste Overwatch content. no no you watch the, those cats all day long you watch cats mm-hmm. that's what you do watch overwatch and cats
2: that's why okay. there's so many cat skins, sprays.
3: But yeah, I mean, both teams, honestly, like, not bad. We we're, we're not we're not really taking that into account, but the scrimbucks weren't wrong about
1: these either. No, right? of course, of course. I don't think anybody is surprised at some of the performances. Um, yes, you know, some hot takes can go sideways, and you know, definitely, I think London is a little worse for wear um but there again i think they'll only i think that that's the team that i'm excited to see once they get their full roster once sparker becomes of age i think he'll be a significant boon to this team that's no, mm-hmm. no discredit to shacks but it seems like the repetition of mid to long range hit scan plus flanking dps seems to be something that overwatch tends to go back to so having somebody like shacks and sparker to be able to kind of pilot that will only see them you know get better over time um and and in paris is you know again only god still doing the damn thing i remember this kid you know jumping on a plane because kib didn't want to in 2016 yeah this kid's been doing it for a really long time and is yeah. consistently proving that he is doing well like we saw him on the career, field last year he looks for great. Sure. For sure. He deserves, deserves to be does, yeah. not only in the league, but on a team that can perform, and I think Paris can be that home for him moving forward. I don't think this team in general is going to be, you know, punching super above their weight. Might be a few, a few upsets here and there, but, you know, there, there is talent in Europe that, you know, can compete for titles. I, I do believe that.
3: Specifically for Onigord, like, imagine Onigord making it onto a team like the Valiant last season. I think we would be mm-hmm. thinking about him very differently than we're doing now. Um now it's sort of like this cool long time veteran that finally made it I think we would be talking about him in very very similar tones as like Shaxx and um, A. speed it um, if if he had a solid team around him and it feels like he's yeah I feel like he only is just like stumbling from one team that he outskills into another and uh, outskills or just like unfortunate events with Dallas Fuel, hundred
1: mm-hmm. percent. But EU's good. Or I'm waiting. I'm I'm telling you guys, EU's gonna you know be in title striking distance the next year or two. Oh really? Hmm. Yep. I believe it. I think hmm. I think if C9 wanted to, and I think that's the the key here. They could put together like a, a super team. Is 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 definitely. Comes with a few caveats and, and cons there, but sure. I think they could throw together a very strong team.
3: Yeah, I agree. Oh, we got the dogs too. Oh yeah, nice full algorithm, algorithm gang. Go. Got it. Big boy. Isn't he big? There you go. Dogs I'm not.
2: Church. I'm honestly not trying to do this. The cat was <laughs> my a... fault. But this is, this is just changed. <laughs> Coach <Church> is not. <laughs> it's like, hey, I heard there was attention <laughs> to be had here.
3: Oh yeah,
4: yeah.
2: He knows. <laughs> Anyways, uh, t- tell me about London then. So another team that had their debut, London. Right. Expectations for London have been set. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went in with two very tough matches, especially in hindsight, the LA right. Gladiators and the Houston Outlaws. Yep. Uh, they did not do super well, uh, at least nope. as far as w- taking maps and Map. games. But yep. uh, did they do Okay.
1: It, like you said it's tough to see exactly what their floor and ceiling is if that makes sense when you're playing you know gladiators who came into the season with high expectations had a lot of practice expectations i think drastically under delivered in week one and is on the mend coming into week two kind of finding their footing you know identifying problems that either have sprung up or weren't necessarily problems in the past um so they look better I think London did kind of run them close in certain circumstances, which is a vote of confidence towards London more so than it is anything towards glides. I think they're still kind of like fixing things. And I, I would have to guess that may feels kind of like a wash at this point. I think they're, they're too much in the hole again, mathematically that's not necessarily true at this point, but just in terms of form, I, I don't know that I'd be all that excited to see gladiators continue to perform um, in this current you know state. Um, As for London. Yeah, it's tough. It's tough to kind of gauge exactly what they're capable of doing because they played, you know, what looks to be one of the top teams in in the West with with Houston and Gladiators who, you know, are definitely getting better. I think I think week three, as much as it's a non-answer, will give us a better idea of what the London Spitfire are going to look like moving forward. I think there is promise. I think the expectations are aptly set, though um i i'm still not sure on hybrid and that's not like i think he's bad by any means i'm just like not i need to see more tape of him um and an actual like you know decent settings if that makes sense like where he's you know playing a team that you know the london spitfire either should beat or should be competitive with i'd love to see like the head-to-head versus you know paris um but yeah it's 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 kind of too early to tell right now with london
2: Another new team that we saw this week was the Boston Uprising. Um, the Boston Uprising, I don't think I'd fully realize how tough their schedule is. Yeah, LA yes. Gladiators, Dallas Fuel, Washington Justice. And then they have one against London, but still. Three out of four, very tough ones. Haven't won a map yet. Uh, yeah. They're expected 13% win against um, Washington. So is... Are, and again, this is not I'm what concerned. I wanted to see. Like, Are, are you concerned? Yeah, that was going to kind of be... Is, are you concerned about the the Boston Uprising here? Or are we just chalking this up to really good yeah. teams at the early this season? They I
4: mean,
3: that as well... Here's the problem. They are... like I think someone from the staff tweeted it, that they're the hardest working team in the Overwatch League, and I believe it. Um, they have like really strenuous practice schedules. And for them to go down like this, even though it is expected, my uh, young Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, is uh, a momentum problem that also could screw with confidence. Like you can't do more than they they're doing yeah. realistically, like a sports psychologist would probably tell you, unless you have some freaks of nature on your team, that recuperation periods are more beneficial towards your performance than they are. So I'm not sure how, to, how they will react to this. I, I think a little bit of it is expected um, mm-hmm. in terms of the scrimmage results. I think if they looked at their scrimmage results, they would have seen it. I actually think, like realistically speaking, when all is said and done, <coughs> Boston will be the gatekeepers so you lose to boston you're not a good team you win to boston you're a good team. You sh- yeah I, I you think that's beat boston that's the the bar that they will be setting this year and um of course we can't really evaluate it based on the, the strength of schedule we currently see from uh, them but the manner in which they also lose these um, i'm concerned like yeah uh, I, I don't know what what their response can theoretically be. Like you can't once again you can't practice more than they're already doing or you should. So what's
1: what can you do? Right? Yeah, I think the the issue here is the form. Um, when you have players um like Stan One, like Valentine, we've seen him in the past to perform well even in the the preseason looked very strong. We've seen Yum really perf- uh, you know step out and and be a shining spot for this boston uprising team and to see him i think probably play one of the worst games in, of his career um i think it was against the fuel um and in some of the comps that they're running it doesn't it doesn't set people up for success i think a lot of people are you know definitely down on valentine but i would you know stem you know definitely warn against that i think there are some traps that They've kind of set for themselves where, yes, he isn't performing, but he's really not had a ton of chance to because like he's put in a like live or die scenario with that Doomfist comp that they keep running. Um, so, of course, he's not going to perform. It's kind of like the nature of Doomfist, in my opinion. Um, but, yeah, I, I think the big issue with Boston, yes, they've had a hard schedule, but with the expectations that they have around this roster and the form that they've showed against some of these higher teams it it has me concerned, um, one hundred percent. It's so much so that I really I I struggle with predicting Boston London next week. Not only because it's a double point game for the Pickham League, um, but uh, because that that is a game I genuinely don't know which way that goes. I I really don't.
4: Interesting.
2: What about um? So there's there's one that kind of hits. We we saw Washington's debut this this week, and I don't think that there were any huge surprises on this one.
1: Um, nothing huge. I definitely think that they could be slightly more refined. I definitely don't know if I, you had,
2: if I remember correctly, you had them at third while Yiska and I had them at second, correct?
1: Something like that. I think I might have had them at second and glads at third. Um, it's tough to remember, but I know that those were my top three. I know it was shock. I'm glad it's um glad's Washington. and I do think. Well, Washington... never mind, it was is...
2: Yiska who had the silly power rankings. Wait, <laughs> what
1: what what's wrong? You don't oh, worry what? you don't worry about it. Like, okay. What was wrong? Just, glad that was. What, what was just... wrong? Glad that won. Yeah, that's what it was. Um oh, yeah. yeah, Washington dropping a map to Vancouver. I threw the dice on that and got it right. Happy that I got an extra point on the pickums, but like that's that's the kind of like feeling I get with this team is like they can they they're going to beat and be competitive, but like I don't know what about them is is you know unrefined maybe maybe it'll get better over time. I think the roster in general on paper looks great. I think Jerry's been performing you know well enough. I'm happy to report that Bebe's, you know clapping cheeks. Um, the team looks good, but. There are I'm about to where they just start flop.
3: start dancing, and I told you so. Dance about that backline as well. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, man! Like, it's, it's so narrative focused when, when we look at these guys. Like, nobody's actually looking at their play or their situation. And yes, yeah. some of it, of it is inaccessible, but like that didn't really feel like that. Like, both Closer and Bebe are high like ceiling players,
1: yeah. and they don't need to be popping off. Because... You know what? I think, I think that the, the, the idea behind that can be applied to another player, but we'll get to that. Sorry, I to cut you off.
3: Right. It's, it's, by the way, I, I caught a glimpse of the power rankings, uh, you know, the preseason ones. Mm-hmm. Joe, how are you feeling about the Atlas at 10 right now?
1: Yep. Again, was wrong. Was wrong in week one. Uh, you know, that, I think my tweet, you know, uh, dunking on you was a little uh, early. Uh-huh. um I, again i'm happy to be wrong i am yeah. i am you know ready to apologize you know get on all hands and knees all fours you know i'll be the one to pray to the Iska picture from now on because houston does look extremely good again i've tweeted about this i think houston maybe the asia representative could be a little different these days especially after looking at Jin Mu's, you know somber performance but i do want to see houston you know in that styles clash matchup between chung I think Philly still is a little too Western for my taste, but I want to see the two opposite forces collide. I want to see positive, negative, you know, try to touch. That that would be my my ideal, and that I think that's again only a vote of confidence for Houston. I digress. Though.
2: I don't want to say anything too early about Houston just yet.
3: Four zero puts them like it's really hard guarantee. for them to mess this up. Yeah, no. like it, they're it does. probably going to. It, it gets, like, a bonus win uh, with that round one pick. And they had five, at least. I,
2: I'm not yeah. saying, like, I don't think that they're necessarily a ninth-place team anymore, but,
4: mm.
2: you know, we we all knew Shock could be coming into the season looking a little weak. It literally came down to one fight. Dallas, no. relatively similar story, came down to one fight. Those easily, Houston could easily be walking in at two and two right now. Two two. They easily could be able to. And and those were not stomp matches. Those were were three to two close ones. And the Dallas especially is we were right about Dallas and being a middle-of-the-table team. Mm -hmm. So the question is, which do you take more as gospel, the win (laughs) over Shock, to consistently perform that way? Or they're just, you know, more of a a mid to higher level team than we originally thought.
1: I think it's the form, if anything. I agree. Like, they're, I I think maybe we're a little too low on Dallas. I think that's the team where I'm like, you know, maybe, (laughs) maybe this team's better than we expected. Not because they're overperforming, but because there are many teams that are underperforming. You look at the Glads, you look at Boston, you look at, you know, in a weird way, Justice Fuel is not a matchup that I think goes Mm -hmm. completely according to plan. I think Dallas has a weird niche right now and bless, you know, you know, the, the Dallas Fuel coaching staff for finding a creative way into the meta. Yes, they have pitfalls. Yes, they have maps that they can't play extremely well because they don't have a mid to long range hit, mid to long range hit scan. I know it's coming, whatever. But they found ways to make it work, and yes, Sparkle, you know, still doing his Sparkle thing. He, you know, he attack, he feed, he do everything, right? Like it, it does look good, and I'm, you know, hesitant to kind of call them a top five team right now. But I don't know that that matches as lopsided as in in Houston's favor when it comes to expectations as we might be, you know, weighing out. I think by the end of week three once we get a little better read on teams like Boston, London, maybe, you know, I guess globally teams like charge and spark in, in general, I think, you know, the fuel could be, you know, a, a, a good team, if anything, maybe not even mid table, such so a genuinely good team.
2: They had last minute, they had last minute things to deal with too. So yeah,
1: that's what that's sure. even like worse. Like how <laughs> is this team performing as well as they are with no, like yeah, the... they're overperforming
3: my expectations for sure. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah.
2: yeah. I think they looked I think they looked really respectable. They definitely looked they looked um rigid. <laughs> like they, they they looked like yes. very not agile because they for obvious be. reasons. Yeah and they still performed kind of questionable strategies because again of the rigidity mm-hmm. of the system that they had to put in place, presumably. They still <laughs> looked very serviceable. Now give them a few weeks to kind of iron out those kinks, figure out what worked. What works, what doesn't?
1: It's a scary team, Our team to prepare for. It can
2: for. be, uh, it can be a good team still. So you know, mm-hmm. just like we shouldn't throw all of our eggs in one basket on the Houston thing. They're fun. They've looked sure. awesome. I know some people are more excited about them than others, and I know part of it's just me ego wanting them to be lower, so my power rankings are closer right. Sure, sure, sure. But you know, it's early. We're we're it is. only a week week two, right?
1: uh we're going into week three going we finish with week two yeah Yeah. Um, i think i wonder how
2: much of having four games in two weeks yeah played in houston's favor as well because they kind of caught i feel like they really caught teams off guard
1: um in in ways yeah i definitely agree there's there's definitely have especially the shock i think that was very evident in the shocks game that they had some strats that they were running that they weren't prepared for um i think i think it was Pork chop. sammy and chat had had put out the point that you know how meta resistant are they and that's kind of where i'm skeptical yet um i i don't i haven't seen this team i've been surprised with them with rush and they look extremely well i would say when it comes to the forms of rush i think they play the best rush at the moment i think they are the best rush team Period. Um, a close second to maybe Shock or Atlanta, if I had to guess, maybe Philly uh, should be should be put up there. It's tough to say, just because like Asia as a region doesn't play a whole lot of rush. Um, but yeah, Houston, slightly TBD for the whole season. But as of right now, they they look like Super they could hot. be maybe the finals.
2: Totally, totally agree with that. Um let's let's flip over to the East really quick and talk a little bit about those <laughs> um, yeah, those results here. So we had a few things. First of all, New York did make their debut. They did. Owen oh, three against Chengdu, three and one against the Spark. Uh, how do you think new NYXL
1: looked? I have to assume. That this is a severe underperformance. Their season opener yeah. was abysmal. It yeah. was not close. I don't think, did they score a point? Let's check Wikipedia. Oh, no, they didn't they score did a not. point. Yeah. Um, it, it did not look good. What has me worried is it still didn't look great in terms of form. Just in terms of what's being run, how it's being run. I think Jonak is having a terrible season thus far, which is bizarre to say um and that game versus the spark has me concerned i know they have to be underperforming i've heard nyxl stocks being sold or or being bought at the highest you know level of people i respect yes being one of those people where 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 is it gonna happen what is it gonna happen where is this team that everybody keeps saying is doing so well on scrims because i did i have not seen it thus far and against a top team and against a bottom team so where where is it happening yeah i think
3: it's fair to say that it's a pretty young roster. Like they have four rookies, right? Yeah, um, and that was the that, concern. Yeah, I, I mean it's a valid concern.
1: Uh, do they have four rookies? Maybe
3: um. Well, they have Yakpung. Kind of...
1: They have Feather, um, Guangboon, who three hasn't even been in the roster.
3: Three would be right. Jung, uh, Jonak, um, Yakpung, and Bianca would be the the ones that aren't taking sure. rookies. right? Yeah, um, yeah, like. I think they are still severely underperforming, underperforming their um, their real level, or scrim level, I suppose. See how I did that? Yeah, oh, real I level to, you just yeah, try to... Yeah. Um, the level they are capable of. I think um, I'm getting sort of like antsy about Yakpung's performance in particular. Because this kid always looks like nuts in contenders and then he hits Overwatch League and then it's suddenly gone. And I don't understand. Is that a nerf thing? Is that a a system thing where like it's just coincidentally the case that um like the the teams he's being put in don't make him look good in the Overwatch League, but they do in contenders. Mm -hmm. Like I don't know, like of course there's also like a systematic like it's not just on him, of course. It's just like you would love for someone like that who has gotten back into the league. Not many people have done that. To have a certain um, tenacity in their performance. And he's just with all of them in terms of the down dip. And um, I think he can. I I, I think all of that team, I have pretty high confidence in, in them bouncing back. I think Flora showed definitely like... But there's some nutty potential there. Let's be honest. Like, nobody's nobody's that,
1: discounting their potential. As, I don't think
3: anybody's down on that. Yeah. As soon as, as that team starts gelling, Jonak will look at like a top three of uh, flex support in the league once again. I'm not that concerned. They got to pick up momentum though. They got to yes. shake off the yes, green. Start now. And the se- season's so short. Like as people have pointed out, like Usenet has played 25% of the regular season matches. It's yep. a short season, guys like you
4: don't have any time
3: number. to suck so that said like I remember the the match against like yes not getting a tick doesn't sound great on paper the control map was competitive it was
1: 100% right? you have to give that to New York I think Chengdu botched a number of their engagements and New York could have come back yeah chung do you know do chung do and you know will you know their fights back into existence sometimes um love them or hate them for it it happened um and then the other two maps weren't again they weren't close um spark was too close for me Mm -hmm. in my opinion i i know i see the potential i see it yeah i hear you know oh oh lord of the stock exchange recall back to 2019 early toronto defiant yeah. Remember where they were placed in the stock exchange. Yeah. Remember who was the the leader of that team when it comes to yeah. main tanks. I think yeah, yeah. there's something tangible here. Yeah. There's something tangible here with Yakpung where he does not show up.
3: And it's you... it's unfair. Like the problem with main tank evaluation yes, is. is like you don't know what's happening in comps, and you can look like an idiot like going in by yourself or whatever. Sure. Not that Yakpung's percent problem per se here, but. Evaluating mang tanks in that regard, like it's much easier to just look at a at a dps seeing whiffs, seeing mispositions, seeing stupid ego peaks and whatnot for tanks, they are contextual towards their spot backlines performance mm-hmm. and their team's communication, and I feel like that entire team just sounds like communication breaks down when like. If you go back to the, uh, the to the post match interview I did with mm. Christopher, that was after week one, and he told me the that team is the most syst- systematically sound team that they've scrimmed against this season. You're not seeing anything of that in those games, and the fact that they have it available to them, just not in live games, that is a problem. But it's it's a it feels like there can be just an evolution from one week to another where this team just flips the switch, Agreed. finds their cool, finds their chill and That's just performs. About
1: them. I agree. You look at their next week games, you know, you look at week four, we pull it up here and to address something that was mentioned to have Curry T. I, I agree. I have heard similar things. However, I, again, I think specifically early on, um, maybe my memory is a little hazy, but I don't think envy was with that team immediately. Um, But just going into the season, we were hearing a lot of you know positive things about this this Toronto Defiant lineup, Um, and I think that core of that team, you know, uh, Yakpung Ivy, there could be other people. Those are just the two that kind of jump out to me. Um, They have a lot of potential. Like they can look scary on the day, but for whatever reason, the the server performance and the practice performance are two separate things. Like this is a very very much a Dr. Jekyll and Mister Hyde type team. It was then, and it still feels like New York has kind of. Brought on those attributes. And to Yiska's point, you look at their week three games. Again, from what you're hearing in practice, it looks like Seoul could be beatable from a team that is incredibly systematic, who has all yeah. the potential. Not yeah. only does it need to be, but it could be. It's yeah. not just a foregone conclusion that the Seoul dynasty, especially one that looked as goofy as they did last season, come in and just drop a map unexplainably and go, whoops, you know, slipped there on a banana peel to, to New York. You look at New York's game versus Shanghai. I don't know if y'all saw the game versus Chengdu, but Shanghai kind of looked like... Yeah. It's not not unheard of that maybe New York just takes... I don't have it going that way, but I wouldn't be surprised if they turned it on, they flipped a switch, they figure out whatever's happening, fix it, or at least remedy it, and they come out and look extremely good against Shanghai. I don't think that that's crazy.
4: Right. Yeah. No,
3: that, that makes perfect sense to me. Like... Let's be honest, like, it's also the environment they're in currently, everyone doesn't, like, if the Apex seems, everyone in Apex seems to be underperforming, other than Philly. Yeah. Which are who and are Chengdu under, in the zone. <laughs> right? Sure, yeah. But everyone else, like, I'm I'm mildly disappointed by the performances that we see from that region at the moment. Yeah, they're definitely uh, a weaker region, 100%. And that's they're surprising to the me. The weaker region with... More average spending with arguably more average uh, quality of uh, talent on the Mm -hmm. rosters and just not delivering. And yes, there are systemic issues with paying and whatnot, whatever that's happening there. But like this got to pick up. I don't think even like the uh, most hardcore stance of uh, of Asia could currently um, defend defend that. And I think. Like, if they were to play today in the uh, melee situation, then both teams would just get smacked around by whatever. And, like, it's it's not that Philly looks, like, monumentally strong.
1: They just, like, slap, right? Um, Do you disagree? (sighs) So I think we saw kind of two... Not different Phillies, but I think the two matches that really stuck out to me and, and are extreme, I think, votes of confidence in my perspective are their game versus soul, where I think they rock, paper, scissors their way out of a lot of holes, which I think a lot of teams are not prepared to do. Um, mm-hmm. They they roll out, especially on control. Draw your mind back to Philly versus soul on control. Soul kind of like tries to rock, paper, scissors them. They go, OK, you want to play Rush? We're going to play Farah and just kind of let you take point and just try to get, you know, ultimates online. Philly takes control of that. They punish the mistakes. They roll back out. They come out with you know Winston dive. You know they're willing to adapt and roll with the punches. That's that's great, especially for a team that's been performing in practice as low as what you're telling me. Right. That's that's vote one. Vote yeah. two. You look at Carpe's performance against Chengdu, and I, I mean, guarantee, yeah. like that's an that's a vote for MVP almost. When when he screams Nano mean he's playing like that. I, I put my hands in in Carpe's hands. You know, call him the Messiah at that point because he was clapping. Yeah 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 um, yeah, I think Chengdu has some other issues to kind of work on, but regardless, um I, I think you you see the mechanics really kind of you know performing. you see they're they're, again, a team that looks systematic in some you know scenarios. I would say they're probably at least right now, I'd say they're the best team in Asia, and I don't think it's close.
3: i I agree. I just think this team is like at
1: 65 percent where they could be. One, I agree. I think that they the, they only can get better, right? That that's the scary part. Yeah, um, yeah. I, And maybe it's also just the structure
3: of how the preseason went and everything. But like, as someone rightly pointed out in chat, we don't have a dominant, like, super dominant team where you think, okay, this is this is a new season 4 shock ask performer, right? Like, even the four zero teams looked sort of shaky. Like, as we said, Houston could also be 2-2. Mm-hmm. Um, like, maybe Justice can get there with really strong performances, but even that is, like, questionable if, if we can get a feeling of utter dominance from a team. And I think everyone is a little bit, like, unless you're one of the teams that overperform, uh, like Philly, like, arguably even Houston at the moment, you're probably, like, <laughs> dropping the spaghetti a little
1: bit. And I wonder why that is. How much do you think that Houston and Philly are overperforming? Because I don't... I don't know if we'd agree. Because I'm almost willing to say that they aren't overperforming much at all.
3: I... Go ahead. I feel like Philly is currently overperforming the fact that they are a three-week-old team or something. They should not be this good, right? At this point. Like... 9k magic yeah but like the fact that everything comes together
1: where they're 4-0 right now shouldn't be the but case they don't Just so. look like a three-week-old team that's the thing like yeah i guess like narratively i agree okay but i think that's the only team i agree with i think houston in general is like surgical in some ways yes they have things that they can work on and no i don't think they're perfect but i think like if like if you had to put a percentage on it, like their their floor to their ceiling, like where do you think these two teams are playing, like over? So you're and telling me
3: you're from the roster that they currently have available. So yes, like how much more
1: you, are you giving them?
3: As I as I said, like Philly is probably at 65. Uh, Houston is pretty high, I think, and I'm not sure if there's much more much more heavy mm-hmm. improvements. They're like 80, 85, I think. Maybe I'm doing them dirty here, but I don't see them, like even them going 4-0, beating a shock, beating a bunch of like good opponents. I don't see, like what, based on what I've seen, I, I have a really small, uh, uh, small percentage of them winning the league, for instance, sure, in sure, terms sure. of like regular season. Let's just, let's even, just talk about Meimele. I think I the league is too far out. Even Melee, I don't think they will see the final. Who?
4: Houston. Houston. Ugh, if really? like, I'm not sure they're making it to Hawaii.
1: <sighs> I I I can't agree with that. Unless like Asia really shapes up, I don't see too many other teams out of the teams that they you know Houston has already played, namely Dallas Shock. <laughs> I. I'm hesitant to to even give Gladiators a nod getting into the playoffs. Um, I don't know that they get stopped.
4: I don't. I want to see they, that Styles. I don't know if
2: they almost were. those teams again. I, I think if Houston were yes. to play both, either of those teams this weekend, <laughs> they would lose.
3: It's possible. I mean, there's there's at least like they weren't more. <laughs> is, like, it, even is it possible, Joe?
1: Is it possible? <laughs> I mean, it
3: is. I I don't. <laughs> I mean, we would we're. we're, we're Right. Uh, we're negotiating percentages and I agree yeah. with, like I think for me it feels like it's probably a 55-60% chance that Houston beats the rematch which is not high but no. there's a really real, real chance that in a probabilistic cloud that like they just lose and you have to, have to hit those coin flips twice in order to get to a Y and
1: then oh. in order to get the bonus <laughs> victory you also need to win another match there Okay, so, so is this more like you're not high on anybody, or I think is there somebody weird. who that you're you're more voting on?
3: I, I think what
1: will happen is,
3: like, especially Gladiators will shape up. Gla- <laughs> Atlanta Rain probably like if Gladiators makes it into the tournament, right? That's the issue. I think, I think jealous fuel can shape up more. Um, Green? I don't know what that situation with an extra DPS player is, but theoretically, it's probably too far. Maybe gone. they could inject someone uh, quickly. Don't think so. Um, I think Justice is uh, Justice in full force will be hard to beat for them. I think Shock. They probably like are Shock's like, the one that I'm willing. They are, to, you know, Shock is again. shocked and will now go. Yeah, into shock mode. <laughs> um, Gross. So they, I think there's just like so much opportunity for massive improvement in a relatively short amount of time where I don't see Houston outpacing that improvement in order to stay ahead. I think like teams like even if Gladiators makes it in and if they actually like take up their potential, they have a higher percentage okay this is Scrimbucks guy talking again but if if Gladiators makes it in, they have a higher win percentage of the tournament of May Melee than Outlast does.
1: I I know this is Scrimbucks guy talking. I do not see that through their form that they've shown thus far. I get Week One was bad. I get Week Two was easy. That's you know your your May Melee regular season. But they have to jump, I think, leaps and bounds in performance to actually be within striking distance of making it to Hawaii. Letting alone winning the goddamn thing. Like, I think they look very poor. The thing is, dude. Like, gladiators—they came out
3: and they didn't just win that match. They wanted their their <laughs> opponents, like children, to feel bad for having parents being yeah, this sure. big of a failure.
1: It's like it's—you <sighs> beat up on London and Boston. Come on, like, is that that like? I mean, Boston promising? Is not a pushover team. I think right now they are. Sadly. Mm, I don't
3: agree. Once again, they're gatekeepers and they're getting clapped 3-0 by arguably the best. Uh, team. Yeah. I get the, that. The problem is we will evaluate like it's out of the gladiator's hands now, right? We yeah. will evaluate their first stage, like mainly lead qualifier mm. tournament, based on if they can make it in or not. And if they make it in, then they will make it far. And if they make it far, then we will think, oh my. They just had a bad one week. And to Agreed. be fair, they just had a bad one week. Because that's Possible. how the format works at the moment. That's like, a we bad have ex- week. Yes, That's it a, was a real bad week. bad week. It is really yeah. weird
2: that one week can account for 50% of I, your stage yeah. wins or losses. Misread the wow. meta. Misread something. Make the wrong call on, on a single map. Practice mm-hmm. for the wrong map. The mm-hmm. ability to correct
1: uh, player sick
2: player sick
1: there goes your season
2: bye so it's it's definitely really Get weird tight. what but like i feel like i'm hearing kind of a theme here that it feels like it there there are a lot more teams that are maybe more shaking out the cobwebs or underperforming than there are you know the these realistic narratives where the outlaws our, or Fusion are leaps and bounds above and beyond kind of where everyone else teams, seems to be sitting right now. Because no doubt, like, the Outlaws, I think, looked really good these past two weeks from, you know, what I've been able to watch. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's just, it's, it's a lot. I feel like it's, yeah, this might be, I don't know if I want to say this, but there might be a part of me that believes that it's a little bit easier to tell when a team is overperforming than when they're underperforming. Or sorry, underperforming the one that are over.
1: Oh yeah, because there's not there's not a lot of data, right? Like you have two, you have what like a hard week, one week, an easy week, second week, and that's your games, right? Like look at the gladiator schedule, like it's tough to actually get a good read. Have they improved, or was it an easy week? How much you know is that bye week gonna you know provide for them going into the playoffs if they make it?
2: And as who knows, as we see the delta skill between teams get squished. It's like, there's even less of like these, these bad, you know, it, we were just talking about it. Boston is Owen two. They can tape, you know, at least Yiska believes that they, they, they could steal some. Sure. The Titans didn't get swept once this week. Messed up all of my f***ing yeah. pickings, um, <laughs> for two weeks in a row let's go one map you know there's every <laughs> the only teams to not take a map at the moment are the Spitfire and Uprising and both of which had really challenging weeks
4: yeah I yeah. Agreed.
3: can I can I juice one more thing about Houston that was sure. sort of satisfying I, I'm sure it was satisfying for, for whoever did the scouting for the outlaws but when I asked around okay Django. Right. I got mm. asked around the league. Have you tried this guy? Somebody tried them, and everyone but Houston told me. And it's it's sort of creepy because like, literally three people told me almost the same description. Mm. I'm not sure if they're communicating with each other, but the label attached to
4: Jango was nothing special. Watch those four that. games back my friends like, and
3: tell me people. i mean he was nothing special. i mean he won
1: he won the shot game that flank around yeah. to get the shatter in the back line that's a hero play he won that game he won them that game that looks yeah. special to me yeah. to have the confidence in your rookie season in sec your second game to do that i think that speaks volumes of the, yeah. the type of player that you're looking at maybe he scrims yeah. poorly i think that's that's yes, more of the time that's very that's yes Screams poorly,
2: or the 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 entire stage is different too. When you're you know scrimming or trialing, than when sure. you're playing and deciding to make a move on an Overwatch League stage.
3: It's also the story he comes in with because he used to be a DPS player, right? Mm-hmm. And then he switches to tank, and you think, okay, this is DPS player brain, probably with good mechanics. Sure. Not what I need. I need cool calm look collected, playmaker in high pressure situations. It's not necessarily what he is. So. Or at least he hasn't shown it yet to that degree. Um, I think the fact that he looks as good on Ryan right now as he does is like I didn't expect that whatsoever. Uh, I think the fact that like whenever he gets on the other heroes, he, like Winston is is crazy good. Look at um, look
1: at all of the all of the archetypes that have been you know existent throughout Overwatch history, and you look at this Houston team, kind of starting to shape up a little bit. Yeah. Again, the tank line has been proven. I think at this point, it's tough to kind of really give them. I think Piggy's had a couple like poor fights here and there, but as a whole, I think I'm ready to ready to to buy some Houston stocks going forward. Deeper into the tournament, well, we'll have to see. Not 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 the tournament, but the season as a whole. Um, I, I look at you know Dante and and Jengu on you know Winston tracer dives, right? Like that's kind of scary. You look at happy on Widow if that co- pops up. You you see his Hanzo performance. Granted, I think a lot of teams, you know, didn't necessarily stuff his, you know, or or cover him well at all. Um, but just mechanically looks fantastic, taking good positions. I think strategically, Houston looks sound with Junk Buck and Harsh at the helm. Yeah. This is a team that is going to perform. Yeah. Right now, I'm I'm willing to wait. I want to wait a little bit more before I go too ham on them until the summer. I think here pools are going to reset a lot of things. I think a lot of confidence is going to get shattered. I think a lot of confidence is going to get built. Summer is where we kind of stabilize again. We have another kind of rush meta, not to say that we're going to be playing the the composition, but things kind of, you know, settle down, even out practices held, you know, uh, long in advance. People get really refined at these compositions and get really good at them. It's, it's the kind of, Home before another hero pool storm, and then we go into playoffs. So it's yeah. Yeah. that's that's the kind of breaking point for me. The the thing is, the exciting thing for me is, and yes, the the oddos
3: aren't a budget team by any means. But if you look at our preseason power, not not even the preseason power rankings, but like if you think about, I remember back when I did the power rankings around Christmas, looking at how much each team invested, looking at the name value of the the teams that they have built mm. I felt like there was a clear top five top six and Houston wasn't part of that now towards playoff implications one of these high paying like stacked teams will not make it and it's probably going to be two that won't make it yep. right because there's once again like my under evaluation of Florida is another
4: topic <laughs> I guess but
3: <laughs> like I don't see like Dallas Shock, Toronto, um, Washington, um, uh, Gladiators. Like th- th- those are high, high stacked teams, right? Mm. I think Houston is now locked in for top f- five for the rest of the season based on what they've shown me. So, yeah, someone's going be. to be mad f- with a full stack after this. And you can't tell me you didn't just misplay your hand based on the rosters you had. Oh, this like this a team big misplay. is this this team is doing it with fairly un um, like uncontested rookies in a lot of ways, right? So to be fair, they're probably more contested than people would think. So maybe maybe that's uh, not fair to say. But yeah, like it's, it's a it's an interesting situation. I also still believe that Atlanta has it in them. So. Agreed. The narratives for me just like I, I, my mind is constantly trying, like ever since like December, my, try, my mind is trying to squeeze seven to eight teams into five slots. Yeah. Yep. It's, it's hard. Gotta spill. It's hard. Someone's got to spill. <laughs> and the fact that Houston isn't spill
1: breaks my brain. I don't know who will drop out of there. Toronto's a tough team to read. Um, you know, you want to know here, I'll give Florida some love. And I and this is this is after what, like maybe two or three games that they've played. I am I am falling in love with Kuki. I think he is brilliant. To take and be 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 very good at a, a regional style right now, it's rush and to constantly put your own spin on it. Go back and watch 2020 week one similar composition where do they put bqb who's with bqb what heroes are they playing it's small iterations with this coaching staff that i think really sets them apart just identifiably but also like they do well with it it's not just like haha ha, funny hero like let's play funny overwatch let's do Junkrat. rat ha haha funny and it's good it's genuinely like well thought out it's well executed and it's always yep. different. It's always just slightly different. That throws teams off of just just a little bit. You look at the game versus Houston on control. You look at their 2020 performance early on with the with the, I think it was the, Brig pocketing the McCree on flanks a lot of the time. Now they're doing it with Sigma. It's good, and they're gonna consistently. You look at Melee last last year, like getting early to like the tracer hit scan meta getting deep in that tournament, almost beating shock. Granted, it wasn't, you know, I I don't think people were necessarily sold one way or the other going into that match, if that made sense. Like, I think we need to start putting some respect on Kuki's name because I don't think he's slowing down in terms of like ingenuity. And it's not just like full scale, like crazy Ray stuff, but I think he's kind of in the middle, kind of recalling something that I said, you know, a couple of shows ago where it's Ray and Krusty on opposing sides of the spectrum. I think Kuki's, you know, a good vote of, or a good vote for somebody who's like kind of in the middle for me. I think we could talk about this for a long
2: time, but we don't have time to keep talking about this. All right. right. Uh, we sure. have to talk about the upcoming matches. There's a couple, yes. uh, there's a few um, important games this weekend coming up <clears throat> and we'll, we'll talk about them we'll go through our predictions and call it. Uh, yeah. So first we're going to start in the, let's start in the East actually. Let's talk New York Excelsior versus Seoul Dynasty. We kind of touched on this a little bit. Currently, 64% 36 Seoul. Um, the, both teams are one and one right now. Both teams have, so NYXL plays Shanghai after, whereas the Dynasty play the LA Valiant. Yeah. Thoughts on this one?
1: I don't think it's not winnable for New York. I think this is close. It, it would not surprise me if New York snuck out a 3-2, but I have this 3 2 soul. I can't, I will kind of hold my ground against the Scrimbucks. You know, I will be, you know, the man on the hill that, you know, fights against you know all these, these these juicy rumors. Um, until I see New York perform, I will judge them with what, you know, I see. Um, and, and I have not seen anything great. However, Seoul historically has been known to kind of stumble and have to catch themselves, but I think they will catch themselves and they're going to take this game 3 2.
3: Yeah, for me, it's like. Thing is, these teams couldn't be more different. Like, on the one hand, you have like the spaghetti dropping, like young guys sure. that have a lot of like positive potential. And then on the other hand, you just have like these utter professionals that. They get a whiff of the the playoffs. They just kick into high gear. They're actually outperforming their scrim performances uh, mm. by a significant margin. So, where does does that like the thing is like Soul must realize this is a knockout match, right? Like they're, you're basically sure. playing Pallions for this tournament. Oh. Um, All you have to do is beat New York. I think Valiant's very uh, beatable. Uh, my the, the one thing that I have to debate with myself is, like, do I believe in an absolute turnaround in this short of a time frame? And I gotta say no at this point. I agree right. that it's going to probably... thing is, it's probably not going to be a close match, because it's one hmm. of two things happening. Either they catch themselves, and they are crushing Soul, or they're not, and then it's going to be a 3-1 that won't feel that close. You don't think it's possible that Soul kind of just, like... Falls on their face for the first couple maps and has I to bring mean, it together. Possible. I mean, also like, let's be honest. Like, NYXL leading to zero and then profit just and just should just bringing it sure. back from behind would be soul crushing for a young team like this, right? I hope that that doesn't happen. But <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like they, a slight advantage in in probability here going to so. We're good. Uh cool. Uh the
2: other one. Uh, oops. Didn't mean to do that unless that's Eric working on something. Let's pretend that we didn't see that. Uh the next one is uh <laughs> New York Excelsior versus Shanghai. This mm-hmm. is kinda double of pointer. <laughs> double pointer. Shanghai starting kind of lukewarm. One and one, three-o Guangzhou. O three Chengdu, where do we where do they land?
1: I think I'm not ready to just expunge all Shanghai, you know, praise. But this is a must win against a team that feels very beatable for them. Um, it kind of does hinder on the fact that you know New York does have a match before this with Seoul. Um, so if they do flip the switch if they do turn on it does well maybe they beat shanghai i don't think it's that crazy but like that's a that's an if scenario right that that's a big if that kind of if the turnaround happens then it's possible but as it stands right now i don't think it's very possible i'll give them a map just because i think everybody can take a map off anybody right now um especially on control uh so i'll i'm giving this one shanghai three one and. Convincingly in most scenarios.
3: This was against Spark or against NYXL? Shanghai versus New York. Okay. That's another tough one. Um somehow I feel like NYXL has more of a chance against dragons than Soul. (laughs) What? Why? I don't know, like (sighs) just a feeling. Yeah. That's fair. I can't argue with that. But the thing is, should the feeling, I just read a tweet, uh, because like I was tagged, like basically saying, uh, if my heart can tell between the signal and, uh, if my brain can tell between the signal and it's the like noise, noise, my heart can't. And True. this is sort of like where I think, uh, am I going against Scrimbucks and then feel bad about it, you know? Like, <laughs> um, because it's, it is only about activation of that trip potential. Yeah. And I honestly think, like. And 8 can find his slam button. To be fair, though, like if both activate potential, then it's a good game that I'm not sure who wins. But, so uh, I guess Shanghai as well. Like a 3 2. That's, a, that's more like a 3 2.
4: Okay.
2: All right. Let's go over to the uh, Western Division. Talk about San Francisco Shock versus Florida. Do we see Shock come roaring back here? Florida currently two and O shock at one and one.
1: I would say yes. And I think this is going to be one of those stylistic matchups that like really, at least the way that I see it kind of playing out is going to really make Florida look bad, but I don't think they are bad. If that makes sense, um, this to kind of give my stakes, like I think this is three, one shock. I think. They had a passivity issue versus Houston. I think that was, you know, a big eye opener for them. And it felt like even mid match, they were making that adjustment. I think if they come out well prepared versus Florida, especially with the Sigma stuff, depending on the maps, to be fair, um, I can see them getting just run over like pff, shocks coming in hot. They're speeding at you. They might even just sit in your spawn for a little bit like it, it it's going to look bad and it's going to look real bad in, in certain circumstances. However, I'll give Florida map just because I think they're good. Um, and again, most people are taking a map. Three O's don't feel. Yeah. Warranted and often.
3: The thing is, they don't feel often anymore. Last year, they were half the games were three right. zeros. Right. And now we've had very little, which speaks to the parity, but also speaks to the spaghetti drop in. Sure, um, So and to the trolling or experimenting, if we're being a fair. Um, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Is I it shocks mad? I, th- yeah. I think shocks mad. I think they're going to. You're arguing on the numbers, right? Like this isn't. like yeah. yeah. Oh, I don't know if shock wins. Yeah, no. It's okay. a three-one. I think. Yeah, good.
2: Um, another one that was put in here. I don't think that this is as exciting. Um, of one, but the San Francisco Shock versus the Atlanta Rain.
1: This will mm. be a test. This is like an exam. Of how clean is your rush? It again, I hate to kind of always add the caveat, but it will depend on the maps, but I'd love to see this match played on like strictly rush maps, because if San Francisco is going to perform against Houston and in some kind of rematch, they have to kind of show a good a good form against Atlanta. I think Atlanta. Off a couple basically a couple fights i think they have a lot of latent potential they have to kind of figure out what this dp dps rotation is doing um i'm not subscribed to the whole no kind of win narrative however i think he is integral if they want to be as dominant as they've looked on um on some of these rush maps um if san francisco is going to kind of do battle with houston and, and make it close or at least beat them I think they have to, you know, best reign in their own form, if that makes sense, in their own style. Um, I have this going San Francisco's way, 3-1. I think Atlanta's good. I think they're going to show good performances, but I have some questions with them. I'm not sure on Edison. What's up with Pelican? You know, again, this team has a lot of potential, kind of New York-esque, a little bit higher floor, but where's the disconnect between practice and stage performance? Because I hear a lot of good shit. And practice, but I don't see a whole lot of good shit. And on the stage,
4: yeah. And yeah. Then, um, yeah, I don't
3: think it's a three-zero. It's I wish, I wish Atlanta activates. Then it will be a good match.
1: I think. Yeah, um, agreed.
3: And it's also going to be important that they do activate towards their season. I think. A team that's set up like they are, which is a lot about like working hard, gaining momentum, and just like cruising on whatever high they have, will greatly benefit from that. I also think they are more likely to bounce back than NYXL. Yeah, I okay.
4: agree. The
2: uh, the last match that we'll talk about for this one. And uh, a little bit of a toilet bowl going on here. Spitfire uprising, both 0 and 2 currently. Uh, Which team gets the first win
1: that's of the so stage? Hard. I need this for my pick. I'm so bad to kind of increase the gap between me and Bianyiska. It's too damn close for my liking. <laughs> Is this um, all, all you already measure? Uh, yeah, I I need I need like I mean I, I need to feel I gave you validated. A,
3: I basically went like, okay, let's go for a run, and then I waited two minutes, and then. Oh. So your yeah. sandbagging is that what you're telling me uh, i mean
1: teams are sandbagging on me and <laughs> <laughs> this 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 is a must win for us if if you know there's any narrative going in um i think boston has to turn it around if they want to perform i i don't expect a lot from london um, but just on paper i think we can chalk up a lot to bad weeks hard matchups regardless you know what do we think both of these teams at a at a floor you know how do they compete against one another? I have to go Boston on this. Um, just on that. I don't think we've seen much from these teams. I think I'm I'm a little too ignorant to both of them at thus far, just because we haven't seen them like really tested. Um and, and just on paper, just on them, like the the default performance on, on the server thus far that we've seen, I like Boston three one.
2: Yes, go.
3: Yeah, I think Boston. <laughs> okay, I don't know. Like my gut feeling is like I'm not sure. Like I've, ping. I, in ping, true. Ping, but also like. Nah, I feel. I feel it's. It's. That it, it could be a good match. I still think Boston has a lot to prove. I want London to win. Um, so
1: I mean, so do I. I want them to perform well. I think they can, but. Boston, yeah. I still think is a little they have some some stuff to show. Yeah. I think they have they have something to live up to. And they need yeah, to. This wins. is the match. This is the must-win for them. If they don't win against London, oh boy. That's yeah. rough. Because that's a gimme. That's kind of a gimme. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Well,
2: that's I think roughly roughly it for what's coming up this next week. Lots of good matches. Make sure to come and tune in for our watch parties. We're doing them whenever games are live. There's likely people in the Discord, discord.me slash tacticalcrouch, where you can come watch, chat, or just listen to the, I want to say smart commentary, but it ends up devolving into something very different. Uh, But, you know, it's still fun. to Come hang out, grab a drink, bring a sandwich. I don't care what you do. Come hang out.
1: Um, Come have breakfast with me because I'm just waking up. So either way, hang out. Nice.
2: Uh, big thank you to our patron producers again: Refined Bean, Ferdino, Battle Crab Lotion, Rex Zane, Sir Pork Porkchop, Sammy, Kasha67, Shar, Nathan, Your Misery, Fabled Stephen. Um, yep, Roger B, Chris R, three four 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 four, Bronzepot, Boo How, and Hotel Bravo 11. Thank you for supporting the show. If you want to support the show, go to Patreon.com/slash Tactical It's a great way to support, and we appreciate all of our patrons. Another great way to uh, support is to subscribe right here, twitch.tv slash kicktripod. Thanks to Blorgan for the new sub and resubs, Twin Pete, Cichlis, Ashdor, Fussle kafer, Coppers, and Hoagies. Thanks so much again for doing You're that. Hungry. I know. I'm actually really hungry right now. I, really okay. want to, I want a sandwich.
3: Mm, I feel that. Uh, Hoagie.
2: I want a sub. I want a sub. Uh, but yeah. Joe, what's going on this week? Where can people find you?
1: Um, I guess first off, um, glad to have John back. At home. You know, we're not running around with our heads cut off. Glad, you know, things are going well on, and your neck of the woods or at least seems like it. Um, so glad to have you back. Um, I have started s- small return to YouTube with uh, some under a minute analysis breakdowns fuck they're hard um i you really don't it's a fast game so i've tried to tailor the format to like really bite-sized edible stuff so go check that Mm -hmm. out if you're interested in um you know maybe a breakdown of your favorite team or a play that you thought was cool um check that out some stuff in the works when it comes to writing um that's about it
3: is there any way to get rid of the youtube recommendations because like i feel like
1: 50 percent of your video yeah. just has these. yeah it's gone i didn't even think of that they're all gone. okay i've removed nice it. All right sweet 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 <sighs> What? yep so like the end cards on youtube they're only like the videos are only a minute long so like half oh, like yeah
4: so it's just yeah, like really... brain
1: like get the uh... get the stuff out there make the people click yeah. And half the content is just blocked by like hey watch this it's and just like, it's just like you yeah. you watch like joe
3: <laughs> spends like 30 seconds building up the case for why something is good and then you basically the blind is shut and you go yeah. like oh let me see the conclusion <laughs> like,
1: you're peering through and no, it's bad yeah. yeah i woke up to that i was like oh yeah you're right that's uh-huh. not gonna <laughs> uh
2: Yusuke, what about you what's going on this week
3: um Post match interviews. Check out the ones I did last week. We're trying to get more this week. Um, it's of course challenging because like there's a lot of pressure on players for the first tournament as well. Uh, nobody really wants to do losers interviews in esports, but maybe I will get those. Honestly, like I almost like if it if it isn't like a final tournament final post match, then I almost prefer the uh, losers match because they tell you how much someone cares and the losers interview that um, that Jack say gave me two weeks ago is still one of my favorite interviews I've ever done with a uh, player in eSports um, hope to get more of those I think it's also greatly in the interest that we demonstrate to people just how much this means to, to uh, our professionals so it always helps, and yeah, that that's the type of content uh, that's coming out. Got um, some dope uh, YouTube content coming out soon for GG Recon. Oh yeah, um, about a very topical player at the moment. We kind of lucked into that one. Um, so yeah, like that's that's what we're up to. Cool.
2: Um, as for me, I'm finally back, and I'm probably gonna post a YouTube video in the next week or so. Doing a another another microphone review so i'll be doing that nothing cool on the esports front um jake follow me everywhere i kick tripod and yeah that's gonna do it for us chat thanks for hanging out or thanks for hanging out uh had a ton of fun it's good to be back we'll see you next wednesday for episode 173 or we will see you over the weekend for some watch parties
4: bye